Diamond. D-I-A-M-O-N-D. A precious gem of the most valuable kind. When pure, it is clear. Diamond. D-I-M-O-N-D. A family name bringing traditions of love, hard work, and moral values. This is the Diamond Education Podcast. With my mom and dad, Johnny and Kelly England. All right, welcome to the Diamond Education Podcast. We are excited to have our guests with us today. We have Dr. Jensen and Gordon Jones from Mount Liberty. We're so excited to have them on the program today. And I was looking over their bios and I am going to let them explain their, tell about themselves and explain their what they what they're doing at Mount Liberty and um, their background. So I will turn the time over to Gordon Jones and Dr. Jensen to do that. When I graduated from college or from high school, I, I uh, went back to New York City to Columbia University. I wanted to learn every language that there was, and I read somewhere that Columbia taught more languages than anybody else. So I figured I might as well get there and get started at it. So I, I got my bachelor's degree in history from uh, from Columbia. And uh, a bachelor's degree in history doesn't equip you for much in the way of a job. So I uh, went to Stanford for 18 months to get a uh, master's in education. Um, And then I thought I wasn't probably smart enough to teach high school or whatever. So I went back to George Washington University and worked on my doctorate. Uh, I never quite completed my doctorate. I got what is called a master of philosophy in political science which is the teaching degree. As a practical matter, I then took about a 30-year hiatus from the whole idea of teaching, and I worked in politics and policy in Washington. Came back to Utah in uh, the early, uh, in 2000, and started teaching Salt Lake Community College, Utah Valley University, a um, online high school called Williamsburg Learning, that some of your viewers uh, probably know about. And eventually I started teaching uh, with Dr. Jensen at uh, George Wythe University. Uh, George Wythe went away for complicated reasons. And after a year or so, uh, Jennifer and I decided we would uh, see if we could replace it with a liberal arts college. And we started Mount Liberty College three years ago. We're just starting our fourth year. Uh, We will have our first graduating class next May. That's great. And Dr. Jensen, what about your background? Um, so I got my bachelor's before I started having kids and then I stayed home. I was a stay at home mom and homeschooled my kids. And while I did that, I actually on the side, I guess, got my master's and my PhD from George with, which is where Gordon was saying we had met. Um, so I did it kind of slowly, got my master's and PhD there. Um, and then like Gordon said, that school had to close. And, um, we kind of waited around hoping for something else to show up if somebody else would do the work to do it. And, and then we decided we had to do it. Um, we decided that that it was time when we had older kids that were going to other schools and learning things they shouldn't have been learning. And we weren't, I wasn't really impressed with that at all. And so we decided we needed to get a good school here in Utah. Um, I also do some a little bit of blogging and a board member for gathering families. And I wrote uh, a book, raising intentional parents along the way. Um, Gordon's written a few things way better than mine. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, 
So those are our backgrounds. And, and then, like you said, three or four years ago, we just decided we had to try setting up a school here. And so that's what we did. That's awesome. That's amazing. I was telling you when I went to the education empowerment one, I went and talked at your booth to one of your students. And it was fun to see this kid was well-rounded and love his love of learning. You put you, your, your college sparked a love of learning in this kid and he had a light in him about the school. And it was, yeah, it was like, that's what I want for my kids. <laughs> so, Yes. One of our students, she's actually a friend of his. Uh-huh. They're both going to be sophomores this year. Those two that you're talking about, but yeah, she just put out on Facebook yesterday. She had a picture of two of the books that we're going to be learning this year, which is Adam Smith's Wealth of Nations, but then also Karl Marx, uh-huh. the, his Dust Capital. And we're going to be studying both of those. And she held them both up in Facebook and said, I'm so excited for this year at school. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was, it was yeah. kind of fun to see that. Yeah. I love, I love hearing that. I love hearing that there's the idea of kind of taking both sides of an issue and really yes. reading the, the two, like kind of almost like founding doctrines of like capitalism versus Marxism. And like, I, I could see the compare and contrast that will come with, with that yes. discussion. That's exactly what we try to do. We don't, we, we don't take one side. We try to show both sides and have students reading on all sides of the issue so that they can learn for themselves what's right. They can read the original sources. You know, they're not just reading a textbook about Marx and about Adam Smith and getting somebody else's opinion. They're actually reading it themselves. And we pull out the true principles. Our goal is in a school is to pull out the true principles, but also be able to recognize what aren't, what isn't true. And so that's what our students discuss. Our classes are, are all discussions. We're not lectures. Mm-hmm. We read ahead of time, all the students read, and they're supposed to come with ideas and connections and questions that they might have. And then we discuss and we try to pull out those true principles and the true ideas that we're learning and then, um, and then recognize what's wrong as well. And, and, and hopefully they can see that as they're reading both sides of those issues they can pick out what's right and what's wrong and and see the real story not just somebody's twist on it so it makes a big difference yeah that's awesome and the students are the best advertisers i mean they're the ones that tell everybody about us and are so excited about the education and you know it's their friends and their younger siblings and you know people like that who are the ones that are coming so yeah it's been really great the boy I actually talked to, he was going to, I think, do um, massage therapy, you know, Yes. but it was so yeah. awesome because he's, he's going to your school, you know, like he, yeah, he's going to have some, a different profession, but this is lifelong learning what he's yes. learning yeah. at your school. He, you he actually has become since then, he's actually become a seminary teacher. So he oh. was accepted in the seminary oh, wow. program and is actually, is actually teaching now. So he's, he's, he has interests all over the place, which but, is cool. Um, like the, the system kind of yes. tends to make you think you need to specialize in one thing, but it's like, Hey, we're eternal being like, we're always learning yeah. and growing and, you know, and that's true. That's true. And this education, the thing that people forget is they think that you have to go to college to get this special degree so that you can get a job. And what they forget is that about 73% of people work outside the field that they actually got their degree in. 73%. I mean, that's three out of every four people are working outside of their degree. So I have a son who 
graduated in linguistics and he works at a banking institution. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, and, and that's two, really, uh, really common, very yeah. common. And so, so our idea is come here and get a really great education that you can use in any, in any yeah. career path, and yeah. then go get a little training that you need for that career. So Gordon, I was going to ask you, what makes Mount Liberty College different from other colleges? And, and what's your guys's guiding philosophy? Jennifer's a lot better at guiding philosophy than I am. <laughs> but but one, of the, one of the things that seems to me that is different about Mount Liberty is that we do focus on uh, not short-term goals, not short-term information, but uh, the, the uh, values that have persisted over generations, over thousands of years. We go back to original documents and study uh, how the Sumerians organized their society what were they doing that, what problems were they encountering then? And you would be surprised to, to learn perhaps that they were encountering global warming back in the days of the Sumerians, <laughs> 2000 years BC. Uh, so nothing changes uh, except our attitudes towards these things. So we try to provide that, that long view, that long perspective. And one thing that I, uh, that I think Jennifer overlooked as she was describing this is one of the things that we try to teach our students is how to recognize beauty in the in the world? How to how to see what is beautiful in terms of literature or art uh, or music, and how to incorporate that into your life uh, to enrich your life. Um, so I think that's an important point. Uh, you know, it's maybe too technical for uh, for anybody probably to to worry about it. But back in the olden days, there was the standard um, medieval. Um, curriculum, the trivium and the quadrivium, where they emphasized literature and rhetoric, logic and history and music. These are the things that, uh, that we are teaching that have been taught by the great teachers, Christ, Socrates, uh, Cicero from the beginning. Uh, and we, th this is what we do. That's our, that's our difference. Yeah. And I, so, and I think a big part of that is that if you all you do is learn for a job and for job training you're you're you don't have the well-rounded background to make your life full and complete you know if if your job isn't the very best job ever what are you going to do for the rest of your life to be happy and i think that's you know we we tend to push kids through these careers you know get get the great job get a lot of money and you'll be happy and really life is more than that and there are other things you need to really be happy. And, and that is all involved in learning the beauty and, and all of that that's, that's available in the world today. And we just kind of skim right over that and just go straight to a job as though that is all, a, that it's all encompassing in life. And it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys have some neat classes and programs at your school. Tell us about your youth fall seminar at Screw Tape and what you do and how it works. So that's a Saturday. We do it a Saturday at September 17th, and it's for youth ages 14 to 18. And it's just to kind of give them a taste of a liberal arts education. So um, this time we're reading the Screw Tape letters, uh, C.S. Lewis's Screw Tape letters. They're supposed to read that before they come. And then we start the day with um a book discussion about that so we discuss screw tape and we talk about it and we're in we divide the students into small groups 
and, and they are each with one of the faculty members at Mount Liberty. So they get to know us a little bit. And we talk about screw tape and we talk about the truths in that and, and applications. How can that apply in your life? And then we um, also do a simulation involved with that. We play games. We end the, the night with a dance. And it's just a really fun time for them to kind of get together, get to know each other, get an idea of what a liberal arts education is like and how it changes you and how it's so transformational. And then, you know, when they make friends, some of them will email me back and say, hey, I need so-and-so's email address so I can write to them. And, you know, and they're so excited because they've met some great friends. So that's our fall seminar and it's coming up soon. That's yeah. awesome. So you have this class, Defense Against the Dark Arts. In yeah, our as we household. were looking on the website, I, we were looking at that and that one definitely jumped off the page as, as this okay. is one of the classes. And uh, we're big Harry Potter fans in our house too. <laughs> yeah. So when we saw that, we're like, how cool, you know? So I want to yes. hear about that class. So tell us about that one. And, and what you're trying to accomplish with it. Well, so that... Uh, the Go dark ahead. arts are being practiced in the world today as they were at Hogwarts. Yeah. So uh, students need a, a defense. They need to be able to recognize faulty reasoning. They need to be able to recognize fallacies of logic that are presented to us in advertising or in, uh, in education or uh, wherever it is. So uh, that course is taught by my son, Mr. C. Chris Jones, uh, and uh, he is uh, very well equipped to um, arm the students against the kind of deceptive uh, rhetorical messages that they will uh, be exposed to over their lives. So you learn how to reason, learn how to think and express yourself and how to counter um, these uh, false arguments that are being thrown at us every day. I love that. Do you want to do an adult class? <laughs> <laughs> we do well it's some adult classes yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we do we do have some adult classes we're, we're actually planning an adult class which is kind of like a shorter version of one of our semester long courses for mm -hmm. um october um six just a six week program to kind of give parents a little taste of it without having to do the whole semester yeah. So we'll see how that goes. If it goes, we'll keep trying other ones, but we've done some summer courses too. And we've done, and, and really, if you want to come back to school, we totally have a couple of, we've had a couple of moms come back to school oh, and, and be part of the, be part of the classes. And, and it's great because in our discussions, people coming from a different situation in life like that have different, uh, have a different perspective and different examples to share. And so it's actually really good for both sides, you know, for the youth and for the parents coming back to hear, you know, and be able to discuss and, and learn together. So it actually works really great. So I'd like to know, um, you mentioned, we mentioned the Defense Against the Dark Arts uh, class. What are some of the other classes that a student could expect to take at Mount Liberty College? Well, let's start with mine, which is a four semester course that I call the development of civilization. Uh, sometimes I say, and then in the second week, this is all, you know, so it's, <laughs> uh, it's a combined literature and history course. I, I try to integrate the uh, documents with what's going on historically and explain why the authors wrote when they did, what they did, and then what influenced those documents that of works of literature 
had on um, the, uh, uh, the history that's going on at the same time. Uh, it's, uh, we, we, we're sort of aware of this today. If you look at, at things that are being written today, some of them are being written to uh, support or attack certain government institutions. This has always been the case. You go back uh, all the way back to the time of Gilgamesh. Uh, Gilgamesh uh, was written for the purpose of supporting a particular government at the time. So it's written in a certain way for certain purposes. And that's true of, of uh, King Arthur. Um, King Arthur was invented by uh, Geoffrey of Monmouth for the purpose of uh, supporting the uh, Norman kings in their rule over the British Isles. So this has always gone on, but we need to recognize that. We need to see it. So that's what my course does. It tries to integrate these historical documents with the history that's going on at the same time. And they also talk about some music and some art and architecture and things like that too. So it's kind of like a big, it's our, it's our liberal arts core class. His class is at six credits each semester. So it's like two big classes put together and um, it covers kind of all of that basic foundation. And then other than that, we have other, we have classes such as um, I'll be teaching a political economy class, which is which is different from economics itself. So it's it's kind of a philosophy of economics. So it goes, we, we start at the beginning. That's where they'll be reading people like Adam Smith and, and Karl Marx. But we also read um, other people that are that are here today. So Keynes, which is Keynes in economics is a big deal today. We read Keynes, find out what he really said. We talk about Milton Friedman. We talk about um, Bastia. We talk about all different people kind of from the beginning till now and so that they can see how economics has changed and political economy it's kind of the study of human human action yeah. um there's classes on we have some science and science fiction classes where they understand where they look at the scientific method um and they read bacon and his uh part of his no nova morganum where he talks about the scientific method and the importance of finding proofs and and then they take ideas that are today popular today and they are supposed to look at both sides of those issues and look for the truth find the truth don't just believe it because you hear it on the news or believe it because you've read it in a book but actually find out what's true and what's not true we have classes on um we have two classes one on called thinking and writing and one called thinking and speaking because it's so important if to learn truths, but then to be able to help other people with those truths as well and teach other people. And you can't do that unless you can write or unless you can speak. And so um, we have those types of classes. We have uh, we have philosophy of math and science. So our philosophy of math class is they start reading Euclid and they read they read his work and then they read Apollonius and and he talked about conic sections and geometry in that area um and then we talk about uh what was his name galileo and then we finish with newton's yes <laughs> and we finish with newton's principia and so we're actually reading their original works and what they found and how they discovered what they found and it's really great really great education 
those and and then we 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 require two years of a language as a, a liberal arts degree that's really typical and we're very small so we offer latin if you want to take another language you you get to do that kind of on your own but we offer latin so our, our students take latin classes um so those are some of our classes that we teach we we teach an american foundations class too that's about the constitution but not just the constitution also we read what the founders read so we understand why they put the stuff in the constitution that they did and what that all means so it's not just now we can we have it all memorized and we know exactly what it says but they also this your our students can tell you why they said what they did why why did they put in the electoral college why did they put in you know a house and a senate why yeah. was it important to do because because so many people understand what it is, but they don't understand the why behind it. And so then when you hear talk about, well, let's get rid of the electoral college, what does it do? Then nobody really understands why they put it in. So then it's must not be a big deal to take it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's really important to understand the why. Yeah. So well, and the founding so those fathers, are some yeah. examples of our classes. Yeah. Well, in the founding fathers, all the research they did of past civilizations yes. and what worked and didn't work. And, you know, there was definitely the, reasons why. Yes. And the education they had. I mean, just reading the Fed papers, yeah. you can see the kind of education they had in history and, and the understanding of government structures from the past and how they all worked. And yeah, so yeah. it wasn't just some random thing that they did to come up with the constitution. We yeah. were so busy judging people by our standards today, you yeah. know, judging people of the past that we're forgetting that they lived by a complete different standard, a completely different culture. And we, we need to really understand them within that framework, not judge yeah. them from our framework today, because the same thing is going to happen to us a hundred years from down the, you know, a hundred right. years down the road, they're <laughs> going to have a different culture. And do we want them judging us by their standards yeah. or do we want to be judged by the standards that we're actually having to live in so well and yeah. even the language change and definition you know like we got an 1838 yes. webster dictionary and it's been fun just to go and what is the definition of education back then you know and i'm actually like i want that definition <laughs> back, <laughs> yeah. you know like yes you know yes. just I, there's so much that goes into it you know so true true what are what are some of the successes that you've seen from uh, your students as they've uh, been enrolled? I mean, you like you said, you've you've been doing this. This is going on to year four. What are some of the things, the successes that you've seen from your students? We had two students um, go to a, a national seminar in Florida for the uh, Intercollegiate Studies Institute, and they were so impressive down there that one of them actually got a scholarship to go back to Philadelphia. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, yes, I think, yeah, Philadelphia. for a week-long seminar back there. Normally, they would only take juniors and seniors, and they took her. She was a rise. She's a rising sophomore. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, wow. so she just after having just after being a freshman, and they interviewed her, and they told her, you know, chances are we're interviewing you, but you probably won't make it. We only take juniors and seniors, and they took her. Oh wow! For wow. a week-long paid trip to Philadelphia to study. That's awesome. One, yeah. one of the things yeah, that for sure. With what you were saying with the idea of a classical education one of our daughters like we said is last year attended it's called ascend which is here in mm -hmm. the ogden area which is a classical education and we talked to her about it and said you know how is this different from your traditional junior high that you were going to she's just barely turned 14 and she said you know there's so much more work that i have to do 
for this class, but I love it. She loves that she has to do all this extra work because she's, she comes home excited about it every day. And so it's, it's this amazing just thing that they have that, um, at, at the school. And so we've, we've really appreciated that from, from her high school, junior high classical education. And so. Well, and to add on to that is when our kids were in the public system, it's like pulling, like, what'd you learn today? I don't know. Like, you know, (laughs) like you can't get it, but she comes home and we, we do like, um, we let the kids rotate with our, you know, like our scripture study each night. And she wants to learn, teach what she learned at school. At that school. Day. So she will pull, you know, like she wants to, she's learned these cool things and now she wants to share it. And that's what, you know, a classical education is about, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to see him so excited about it. Yeah. And to talk about it. I mean, we'll leave all the teachers. We're out of there, out of the school, and our students are still sitting around the table talking to each other and discussing and there for a couple more hours. So <laughs> that's awesome. It's really, well, it's really kid, fun to see. The kid we met, he was, you could tell, definitely excited about what he was learning at Mount Liberty. We're also a Judeo Christian school. We don't consider ourselves with one specific religion, but we are a religious school in that realm because we want. I think the stats are something like six, over 60% of students who have faith and enter the uh, public college end up losing their faith by the end of their four years. And I think the stats are something like 40%, a little over 40% in, in religious schools lose their faith and that's religious schools. And we don't want that. We want our students to come with faith and leave with faith. You know, we're not going to, we're not here to try to take that away from them or change that we want them to have faith. We feel like faith is a big part of life and it's an important part. Wait, that's awesome. Was it they said if you send your kids to Caesar, don't be surprised if they come back Romans. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's so right. There's, there's a yeah, well, a... which doesn't mean that we don't uh, expose them to other uh, other religions and other cultures in my course yeah. Uh, we study Confucius and Buddha and uh, yeah. um, all of these other, uh, Mohammed, you know, uh, uh, we, we look at all of these uh, yeah. and try to place them in a historical context, uh, you know, but we don't say, oh, you know, Confucius, he was crazy and, you know, we, we try to give people Confucius has a lot of good stuff to say. So yeah. say, okay, here's what Confucius says. Pick the good stuff out of here and uh, leave the rest if you want, whatever you want to do. But I, I think we give them a pretty good grounding in uh, um, religious and unreligious philosophies that they yeah. will be exposed to as time goes on. Well, and I think right. that's the difference between the public system and yours is the public doesn't give the other opinion, you know, it's, yeah, this yeah. Is, you it, know, it just gives the unreligious side versus the religious <laughs> yeah. side. Yeah. 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 And we try to do both. We, we talk about both things. I mean, we, we reread Marcus Aurelius, his, t- he talks about God. We, in fact, in um, Newton's Principia, his whole last chapter is why, even though he found out all this about gravity and all this about the solar system that he still believes in God. And so mm-hmm. we read those kind of things at the same time that, like Gordon said, we're reading Confucius and all of those sorts of people as well. There's truths to find in all of these places. So let's pull the truths out and 
and learn to leave yeah. the other stuff behind. And that's, that's the important part is that there's truths to be found. Even in marks, you can find some truths, but at the same time, you're also finding out what other people believe. And that's an important thing too, is to learn both sides of an issue so that when you're talking to somebody on the other side, you know what to say and you know how to speak to them. Awesome. Okay. So this is kind of a fun thing we like to do. Ask you guys, what is education? And Gordon, I think we should start with you. <laughs> so too. Well, I have a classical training, so I'll tell you that education, it means drawing out. It doesn't mean stuffing in. So uh, what we do is we say, okay, here's a field ready to harvest. Go out there and read all this stuff, and then let me draw out of your minds what you have uh, what do you have harvested in this field and, and help you put it into some kind of a context. But it's, uh, education is not indoctrination and it isn't training. So we make this distinction very carefully. What we provide is education. We do not provide training. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, if, you're, if you're looking for um, something that's going to get you a job tomorrow, uh, you probably don't want to come to us. You want something that will provide a background in which you can go in lots of different directions and enjoy the ride. I, I, yeah. I want to return to that word, beauty. I'm an old man. I've been around for a long time <laughs> and, I've, and I've seen these things. And let me tell you, life is too short just to focus on what is ugly. Uh, we need to focus on the beautiful things. And that includes music and it includes poetry. This uh, student that you've, uh, that you've been talking about several times who's going to be teaching seminary when he started with me he had never read a poem i don't think he says, wow. I, I, I hate poetry now he's got a poem a day he's you know and so he says how about this poet mr jones do you know him yeah well okay yeah, i can quote a few of, uh, of his poems too yeah. so anyway that's what education is it's uh it's uh, in, instruction and in how to how to enjoy life very nice love that and dr jensen what is education? Um, just adding to that, I would say it's understanding kind of a foundational understanding of knowledge that helps make, helps us fit into the world better and understand the world better. I mean, it, it really helps if we can understand people and understand society and how it works, understand the structure of how things are. Um, I think it was Newton who said that the only reason he was able to go as far as he was, was by standing on the shoulders of giants. I'm sure you've probably heard that yeah. quote. And I think that's, that's what education to me is, is really learning from those giants of the past, not just learning about them and not going through some kind of sieve that somebody else put together, you know, in a, in a textbook, but actually learning from them themselves and what excited them and what, what made them want to learn what they learned. I mean, Really reading Newton's Principia was eye-opening for me because I had never, well, that's not true. I had read it before on my own, didn't get very much out of it, but I joined the class this, this past semester when they taught it. And it was so great to be able to learn it and discuss it because the discussing, I mean, reading is, reading is a great way to learn better than most anything else, but the best is reading and discussing Mm -hmm. And to be able to discuss afterwards and really understand what he was trying to say and, and hear his personality through his words was really enlightening. And, and it, and it really opened my eyes to that. 
And I think to me, that's what education really is, is and getting this foundational knowledge that we seem to be missing today in society and having that to, to stand on and, and, and know that from, and then we can grow from there and, and move in whatever area we want to move if we have this foundation. And so our last question for you guys today, who is one of your heroes from history and why? And Dr. Jensen, I think I'll start with you. So I am big on the founders. They're probably all my favorite as far as heroes. Um, I love the fact that they not they didn't just they didn't just fight for liberty, but they actually did the research it took to fight for liberty. I mean, they they actually had a really great education and a really big, great background, and they did the work to get there because that's what made them do something different than say the French Revolution happening at the same time. You know, they they actually figured out what would work the right way. So they didn't just say, we want to dissolve this bad thing. They said, we want to build this great thing. And that's a that's a totally different way of looking at it. But you have to have the education to do that. It's really easy to tear stuff down. It's It takes education to build stuff. Mm-hmm. And and so there's a big difference there. And, and then another one that I really like is Algernon Sidney he was one of the ones that you don't hear about very often. He was one that the founders read and quoted from his book. Yeah. yeah. And he actually died a martyr because he would not back down and um, stand by the King in England. He wasn't going to go along with what the King said and end up, ended up getting killed for his beliefs where somebody like Locke just kind of kept skirting the issue and would kind of run away <laughs> Algernon Sidney was a little bit more courageous in his beliefs that was willing to stand for those. And, and to me, that means a lot. So no, we're, we're not anti-Locke. It's just that we know <laughs> we love Locke. We read Locke too, but yeah. between the two of them, I like yeah. Sydney better. Well, and I think we all have our moments of skirting around things, right? Yeah. Like... Yes, we do. Yes, we do. You can learn from both of those people. Yes, can't you? you can. Yeah. Some of the most courageous people you know, had a moment of being scared, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, and Gordon, who is uh, your, one of your heroes from history and why? I've never been much of a hero worshiper at all, but I do, there is one figure that I think characterizes the ideal of uh, how government and society ought to interrelate, and that's George Washington. Because here was a man who had it all, could have been monarch, could have been dictator for life. And he says, no, I just want to go back to Mount Vernon and grow my peanuts. <laughs> yeah. And they said, okay, you got two years with the peanuts and then back to work. And then two years with the peanuts and back to work. Yeah. Uh, so he is, uh, he is the, uh, the only true hero that I have. There is another figure, though, from, uh, from Roman history that, that had a great, I don't know if I, uh, think of him as a uh, as a hero, but uh, uh, Lars Porsena was uh, besieging Rome, and Gaius Mucius went to try to assassinate him, mm-hmm. and he he didn't succeed, and he was captured. And he's they, they said, okay, where are tell us where all of the troops are, and he said, I won't tell you. He said, well, we'll torture you. He said, you can't torture me. Watch. And he went over and he stuck his right hand into the brazier full of coals and burned off his right hand oh, and wow. Lars Porsena says 
okay, let's go home. <laughs> so he was known as Gaius Musius Sivola, which means the left-handed because, uh -huh. <laughs> and I actually used Sivola as a pen name when I was writing uh, op-ed pieces and I wanted to maintain my anonymity. I used Sivola as my, as my pen name. I love, I didn't know that story. So now I'm like, I want to go, I want to go look him up now. Yeah, look him <laughs> yeah. up. But I don't know that we want to, we want to be like him but yeah but he did he does sort of exemplify a, a kind of courage uh that uh that uh, it's exemplary yeah. yeah and and you may find out that there are debates about how accurate that story <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is a story that has no doubt grown in the telling yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it has <laughs> i love it. so um thank you so much again for being on our podcast um what are some ways that parents and students who are interested in Mount Liberty College, how can they connect with you and find out more information? So our website is the best way. It's mountlibertycollege.org, just M-O-U-N-T. It's all spelled out, mountlibertycollege.org, all one word. Um, my email, you can also contact me on my email. That is my first initial and last name. So jjensen at mountlibertycollege.org. And then I can send you some information or answer any questions you might have. Um, and there's a, on our website, there's a place where you can ask questions too. So, but there's a lot of information on there. So read through it. It gives you a lot of good information about a liberal arts education and about getting a job afterwards, even, and about all that kind of stuff. So. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank this you so much for. So much fun. Like just sitting <laughs> and learning from you both. And yeah, it makes me, I want to send my kids <laughs> to Mount Liberty. <laughs> well, good. We would love them to come. Thank you for listening to the Diamond Education Podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. At Diamond Education, D-I-M-O-N-D, or on our website, diamondedd.com.